Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? And welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman, and I'm just giddy with excitement today. Today, we radiate the paranormal, or as I like to call it, the woo-woo, with uh, Jim Harold, one of my podcast heroes out there. I listen to Jim's podcast, the uh, Paranormal Podcast, and Campfire Stories with Jim Harold every week. And I uh, really enjoy it. So welcome, Jim. Oh, so glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is a real honor. And I love talking about the programs and the paranormal. So this is, this is a real treat for me today. Excellent. I'm just so excited. I can't even tell you. You've been doing this for quite a long time. When did you start podcasting? Well, I started as a hobby in 2005 and thought, oh, if I get, you know, 20, 30 people listening, that'll be a major plus. And lo and behold, it kind of caught on and nobody back then, very few people knew what a podcast even was. Exactly. I I, kind of would release a show and stop and release a show. And then I, I realized that people were really saying, hey, when's your next show coming up and so forth. So uh, I basically, in 2008, I really got serious. And um, then that was with the Paranormal Podcast. Started Jim Harold's Campfire in 2009, where next month will be our 10-year anniversary of that show. Awesome. <laughs> and then uh, was able to go full-time with it in 2012 and have been full-time ever since. So uh, I'm very blessed to do this for a living. It is a, it is a, a cool job. Oh, it's a really cool job. And look at all the fun toys you have there. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, my motto is it's a business expense. No. Uh, <laughs> but it is. Uh, to, it to, is. You know, and I, I have like to have little kind of little, like that little on air sign, little, little oh. gadget and so forth in the back for people to enjoy when I do video. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And of course, this will be video and audio podcast. So that's really fun. So you know what I love about the paranormal podcast is it is totally paranormal. And you know, some people might be wondering why we're talking about this woo woo stuff on a wellness podcast. But I want to tell you that Radiate Wellness, we are made up of we've got an astrologer who does tarot. Um, I'm a spiritual medium and a quantum healing hypnotherapist. So I am full fully deep diving in the woo-woo. We've got every kind of energy work that you can imagine and a life coach who coaches on 
kind of these spiritual greater principles. So it seems like a really good fit. And everybody's got a paranormal story. Everybody. Yes, they do. And when I talk about the paranormal, maybe it's a little different than what people think of these days as the paranormal. I think when people hear that word paranormal, they think of the ghost hunting TV shows and the guys in the black shirts and they're out with the meters. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's some great people in that area and I've had many of them as guests on the show. But when I talk about paranormal to me when I started this show in 2005 and I I, I thought well it's about the paranormal and it's a podcast what could I call it and that's how early it was so I called it the paranormal podcast but anyway when I think of those things I don't think of just ghosts no I think about the whole range of the unusual from things like ghosts what happens to us after we die UFOs cryptid creatures head scratchers um and kind of my motto on that show because it's an interview show where people come on and they tell um they they share their books and and different things they do is like hey you can have the wildest theory out there now having you on the show doesn't a mean that i necessarily endorse or agree with the theory but i want to get the thought process out there and get people thinking um and then my other show and in to your point about paranormal stories, Jim Harold's campfire, it's literally that it is an electronic campfire with regular folks. You don't have to have a book out. You you just have to be someone with an experience. People call in and say, Jim, and a lot of times they say this, Jim, nothing weird ever happens to me, but there was this one time. And And that, that, that seems to be the show that people really, really gravitate towards. Oh, that's a fun show. I mean, and you hear everything from I was visited by my grandma who died to, yeah, I was in this place that was haunted to there is a strange creature to it's like everything under the sun. And there's yeah. so many stories. Yeah. You know? And then the thing is, I've done well over 300 episodes of that show and every show has several stories. And the minute that I think I've heard it all, somebody will come across with something else, and it's like, oh, but I never heard that. So it's always fascinating to see what people have. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Do you uh, have any favorite stories that you remember over the years? Well, one that uh, resonates with me when somebody asks my favorite campfire story, and this one is really, literally almost could be pulled uh, from the twilight zone. Uh, and this storyteller that was very sincere, she was up in Wisconsin and she went with uh, a male friend of hers to go see a band and they closed the place out and it was in a rural area about an hour away from where they, they both lived. And anyway, uh, they were headed home and it was past two o'clock in the morning and, uh, my guest T.I. is her name. She, uh, she told her friend, you know, I, I need to answer the call of nature. And he said, well, we have the woods. That's about it right now. And, and she said, no, no, just drive fast. And they came up on this bar, a roadhouse, if you will. And it was lit up. And it's like, well, it's after closing time. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But they said, let's not look a gift horse in the mouth. They went in. People acted kind of strange. And there was this mural, Old West mural on the wall. Uh, with a bartender and different people, some men and women depicted in this old-fashioned saloon scene like you still see in the old westerns. And the funny thing was is that the people in the mural were actually 
there in the bar. Now that's kind of weird, but they thought, oh, well, maybe this artist did this as a homage to the people here. Maybe they're regulars, that kind of thing. So anyway, she, uh, she goes to the restroom, comes back, they order a, a drink and just a whole sequence of weird things come about. And I won't bore people with every little thing that happened, but here is kind of the kicker to it. Um, well, one thing was, is that there was uh, a vinyl jukebox, okay, with Chubby Checkers Let's Twist Again. That's an important part of the story. So that was playing and somebody actually asked T.I. to dance and she declined. But anyway, so they're looking at this mural and they're the swinging doors, you know, like the, the guy would come in, the gunslinger would come and say, I want to see Bad Bart, you know, something like that. But anyway, so they noticed and they hadn't noticed before, like cloudy little misty figures, two figures in the thing, but they couldn't quite make it out. And they look back a little bit later, they were a little bit more developed and a little more developed. And then they got really developed, almost like an old Polaroid picture. And T.I., she was a little shorter, and her friend Bob was a little taller. And they noticed that the figures were a little shorter, a little taller, and developed a little more. And T.I., there was a man and a woman. And then she noticed that the woman had on cowboy boots, curly hair, and was holding a cane. T.I. had cowboy boots, curly hair, and cane. And they say, let's get out of here. So they left. And the weird thing was, when they came in, the place was rocking. It was lit up like a Christmas tree. Their cars, neon signs. They walk out. And as they walk out, these strange people are like beckoning them back. This is T.I.'s story. They close the door. Everything goes dead silent. And there is a car in the parking lot, a single car, their car. They leave. Okay. Still not done. Still, still the wildest thing is to come. Crazy so far. So, so the next, uh, in a day or two, T.I. is way more brave than I am. So she uh, says, I am going to go and see what's up with this. And she, she took a friend. And Bob was like, he didn't go back. I, I wouldn't have done that. Um, and she comes in. And uh, she talks to... Uh, a woman who's a bartender and said, so, Oh, I was in the mural was there with no mystic figures, by the way, in the doorway, but it was there. And she said, I was here the other night. There was this big, good looking, burly bartender. And the woman's like, there's no bartender here like that. It's just me and my elderly father, the older, only bartenders. And then she knows there was a jukebox, but it wasn't an old vinyl jukebox that we would remember that played records if anybody recalls those out there no they played cds and by the way no songs by chubby checker on it <laughs> now here is another kicker and then with that ti left and said i can't figure out here's another kicker the place a actually exists and there actually is a mural my listeners have taken pictures and posted it on my facebook group oh my gosh you just kind of have to go, huh? Now, that is one of our more elaborate stories. Most of our stories are more kind of, you know, I lost a, a, a relative and I saw them or they came into a dream that's more real than real. Right. I mean, that's probably the most elaborate story we've ever had. But boy, what, what a story. That is crazy. You know, I have a friend who has a very similar story. 
going on a family vacation. They stopped at this hotel, this little motel, actually, a little tiny mom and pop type of place. Seemed a little creepy. The owners were kind of like the Adams family in just being a little <laughs> creepy, you know, and they spent the night. The owners didn't say very much. And then mm-hmm. they went on their way and then they got to where they were going. We're talking to some people and told them about this creepy little motel and the owners. And they said over on, you know, highway, whatever. Yeah. That hasn't been there for, for like 50 years. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of stuff is, crazy well that is great and uh i would recommend that they 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 sign up and be on the campfire show <laughs> you'd love to have that story jimherald.com slash campfire by the way if Thank you have you. a story jimherald.com slash campfire excellent so yeah the campfire uh podcast i just love it because you know just regular people call in with all kinds of crazy stories and then on the paranormal podcast you get some really fantastic guests where do you go looking for your guests well, over time, we've kind of built up a Rolodex. Um, we've had uh, everybody from Eric Von Doniken, Josh Gates, Nick Redford. We've had a great, uh, a great turnout for many, many kind of the superstars of the paranormal genre. But uh, when I first started out, I simply would just, uh, you know, find somebody who had a new book out or someone I was interested in and simply send an email. I mean, it started... Just, uh, you know, uh, me in my den saying I want to do this paranormal podcast. And it was so funny back in 2005, we would email people and they would be like, what's a podcast anyway? What, yeah. what, what, where does this go? You know, and um, over the years, it's really been interesting to see the evolution where now everybody has a podcast in it. You know, everybody's jumping in on it. But that, as far as I'm concerned, the more merrier uh, we continue to do well. And there's plenty of room for everybody. There is, absolutely. And there's some really big names out there. NPR, as you mentioned on your website, um, the, the guys from Queer Eye, who I totally love, two of them have podcasts. MSNBC has a ton of podcasts. These really big pockets, these really big voices have them as well as uh, folks like you, who is enjoying a lot of success, a lot of success, and as well as smaller podcasts like ours. Um, I, I was really impressed that two of your podcasts have consistently been in Apple's top 100 that's pretty exciting yeah um right now i think we dropped out for a bit i think there's some weirdness going on with their charts honestly that a lot of people have been complaining about that but yeah we've gotten some great results there and we've been featured at various times and it's just exciting to know and i hope that this opportunity continues to exist i mean my background had been in radio I'd worked in the radio business for a number of years, not in front of the mic, but behind the mic. And the thing was, is that I as an individual have been able to create a small media company. And, uh, you know, I have a team of independent contractors and things I use for for some artwork and and, and virtual assistants and things. Just to be able to have your own little company and do it ethically, which is a big thing for me. I'm kind of an ethical capitalist the way I like it. And for an individual to be able to do that, I think that's great. I hope that with the big voices getting in, and I think that's great because that introduced our medium to more people, but I hope that it doesn't drown out the the smaller voices, particularly people who are 
just maybe starting out where I did in 2005 and, and wanting to just say, hey, I want to start a podcast and, and see what happens. I hope that doesn't, we don't lose that opportunity with the growth and with the big voices getting in. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, it's just, it seems to be exploding right now all of the podcasts coming out all the time and some really fantastic ones like yours. And, and I also wanted to give you a shout out for the other podcasts we haven't mentioned. You also have soulmate stories. Yes. That's a new one I'm doing with my wife. She's been ill for a couple of weeks. So we, yeah, she's, she's doing better though. She's back at work and, and uh, you know, it's a process when she had pneumonia. Yeah, that was scary. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that show is kind of a spinoff, I would call, of Campfire because it takes that concept of real people's real stories. But these are about how people met, how they got together, how they met their soulmate. And the cool thing about that, so many people we've talked to on the show so far, and it's a young show. It just started in January. But we see these themes of like almost fate intervening to bring people together Uh, maybe people who knew each other and came back because the timing wasn't right but things worked out quote for a reason and I think that does happen that happened with my wife and I so um it's just interesting it's not a paranormal show per se but you see some of those same elements like fate and so forth coming in and I love doing the show Oh, yeah, I would consider that to be somewhat paranormal. You know, we have synchronicities. There's yes. some divine hand coming in. Yes. You know, our guides and our angels are telling, hey, why don't you go out tonight? No, I don't feel like going out. No, really, go out tonight. You know, so some of these things intervene. So kind of paranormal. And then you also have true crimes, which I've yeah. not listened to yet, I'm afraid. Yeah, that one, you know, that's not necessarily for the faint of heart. But the, uh, the funny thing is, is that everybody said, oh, you started a true crime show because that's the craze. Well, actually, this show started in 2011 and was before, oh my God. before and all those. But it's um, it's not quite as popular as my other shows. But it, if I do say so myself, it's a really good show. It's not one of the storytelling shows. And that's why I don't think it's in that echelon, because that's really I think that's kind of the vogue, these storytelling shows, which are great. And I listen to many of them. It's, this is more interviews with authors uh, and experts who have done books and documentaries. We've had multiple Pulitzer Prize winners on the show. Um, so we basically, an author writes a book about a true crime, and we talk to the author about that. And it's a little more cerebral, and I don't, it's one of those things where I don't think that it is the flavor of the month. But it's a good show, and it's called Jim Harold's Crime Scene. I think uh, we're up to it's 150 episodes or something like that, but quite a few oh, quite that's- episodes on that one. And uh, it's, uh, again, as are all my free podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your, your podcasts. Exactly, whatever device, et cetera. Yeah, it's so it's so much easier now. Back in the day, you had to have an iPod and you hooked it to your computer and it had to sync up. Now it's just uh, I've got my phone. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And and the beauty is is these days, and I'm sure you're very similar. My shows are on almost every platform: Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pandora, TuneIn iHeartRadio, wow. and there's several others there. I, so basically, wherever you listen to 
your audio, you can listen to my podcast. Oh, that's awesome because uh, it just makes it so portable and so easy. Yep. You know, and everybody's got their favorite interface, the fa- favorite way it's set up, et cetera. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's super. So far, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Libsyn. Well, and YouTube as well. So uh, we're, we're growing. Yeah. <laughs> but now I want to talk to you about the paranormal. Have you always been interested in the woo-woo stuff? I have always been interested in the woo-woo stuff. It goes back to me. I was a, a little kid in the 70s, very young, very young. And uh, I love the show In Search Of. In fact, I look over here to the box set, the DVD box set. That's the show if people don't remember it or it was before their time. Leonard Nimoy, and we did every week investigate a different mystery. And most of them, there was some true crime and things, but most of them were kind of paranormal. And that kind of lit a fire, and I was always interested in it. And in 2005, when I said to myself, well, I want to start a podcast because I want to get back behind the mic. I want to start creating some content just as a hobby, mind you. I had no thought or idea that this was going to be a job and a career. But uh, I said, well, politics, you know, what am I going to add to politics? Sports, what am I going to add? Music, you can't play music on podcasts. What's something that interests me and I would do just for the sake of investigating that? And it was the paranormal. And the funny thing is, um, Christy, is that (sighs) when I started, I thought, this is going to be great. You know, I've always wanted the answers to these questions. I've always, when I went to a library or bookstore, gravitate right towards that section but now we can interview these great people at the time like the late great brad steiger or with ufo stanton friedman all these great erudite people that know so much and i'll have it all figured out in six months i'll understand the paranormal and the funny thing is (laughs) is that 15 years later i have more questions than i did when i started the more i know the less I know. <laughs> it is such a vast realm, and I don't think anybody's ever going to get to the bottom of it. Even these people that we call experts, um, you know, the grace that you were talking about, the the group that went out to hell, your Kentucky, um, yeah. you know, all these people in the paranormal. It's like they don't even come to solid conclusions. You know, they're no. always saying there's there's more to be discovered. I don't get what's going on, but here's what I know. You know, right. there's so much. And that's the big takeaway for me is I don't know what's going on, but I am 100% convinced that something is going on. I, I don't think there's any doubt. And yeah, that does, does that mean that I, um, that every time somebody claims that they've seen a UFO of otherworldly origin that it really is? No. Does that mean that every time somebody says they've seen a ghost, that it really was a ghost. No, I think sometimes people can be mistaken or maybe see what they want to see, but it means that sometimes there is something to it because it falls into a few categories for me. You have, um, first of all, people who are well-meaning. They're just, they're just misinterpreting things. You've got people, let's be honest, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, people have mental issues and those kind of things. That does happen. Um, then you have my least favorite, the hoaxers, people who are actually out there trying to mislead. And I think it does such a disservice to people who are really sincerely interested in all this. And then you have that other category, which are like 
hey, there's something here, you know, and I think that that category is pretty sizable. And I think for Campfire, I really believe the vast, vast majority of people who call in, they are very sincere and they believe they've experienced something. That's why we kind of make it a very no judgment zone. Right. Because who am I to say? Because sometimes, like I'll give you an example. We had somebody who called in and said when he was a kid, he saw what he interpreted uh, as a leprechaun. Now that would seem kind of silly. I saw a leprechaun, ha, ha, ha. But then he said years later, his brother confirmed that he saw it too. Now maybe, maybe it wasn't a leprechaun, but maybe it was some other kind of being that their minds kind of interpreted as a leprechaun. I mean, yeah, it sounds silly on the face of a, who am I to say what they saw or didn't see? And this is not like I'm bringing a big TV crew to town and they're getting their 15 minutes of fame. There's really, I, I mean, other than sharing the story, there's really no monetary gain or anything for people being on the show. So I really believe the vast, vast majority of people I talk to on Campfire are 100% sincere. Yeah, I think so too. And often people will say, you know, I've never told anybody this, but I wanted to tell you because I just feel like I need to get it off my chest. And that's quite, to be honest with you, that's quite a compliment, I think. To me, when somebody says that, hey, I, I've never told anybody this, um, wow, what a compliment that they would come on my show and share it with me and by extension, the audience. And that's one thing that happened with the show uh, that really surprised me is that with Campfire, I, when I first started, thought, oh, this will be fun. It'll be like sitting around a campfire telling stories. And it is that. But some people have said, Jim, you know, this thing happened to me 20 years ago. I thought I something was going on. Something was wrong with me. But now I heard this person and that person and this person say the same thing happened. And now I realize, I realize that this is something that really happens. I mean, it's provided comfort to some people and, and uh, that's, that's great. I don't claim to be any kind of therapist or, you know, I never, never claim anything like that, but it has been in some ways uh, cathartic and therapeutic, I think for people to, to have this shared experience, whether as a storyteller or, or simply as a listener. Oh, I think so too. And and like I said before, everybody has these stories and we just think, am I, am I crazy? Did this really happen? Uh, I can't tell anybody because they're going to think I'm crazy. And then I start to doubt it. Well, I can tell you something, and this is the first time this story has been told. Um, uh, and I'll tell it, uh, it, it happened to my wife. It happened in the last week. Oh my gosh. Two weeks. Yeah. This was right around, um, when all this happened, uh, my wife has been ill and had pneumonia. Now she's back at work now and doing much better. But uh, this would have been a week and a half, I think about a week and a half ago. She was in intensive care. Right. I remember, yeah. And she was, um, you know, I, I, they never said she was in imminent danger. But, I mean, if it had gone further, it, it could have been. And she said one little night she was awake. She looked up and she saw a man standing outside her hospital room. And she's like, what is this guy doing? Why is he, looks like he's staring at me. So he wasn't dressed as a doctor or an orderly no, or anything? No, just like a civilian with like a sweatshirt on. And then she looked a little more and it was her father. And he was smiling. 
And the thing is, her father passed away almost exactly a year ago. Oh my now, God. She, now, she, knowing one of the, the scary things is, is that uh, sometimes when you're about ready to pass, you see loved ones. It's, I mean, doctors report this. Nurses report this. People say they've seen loved ones. And the first thing she thought, she kind of freaked out because she thought, uh-oh, he's here to get me. Oh, my God, I'm going to uh, die, right? Um, and, I mean, my wife has a master's degree. She's very level-headed. Uh, you know, I'll do it. I'll be honest. Sometimes I'll do a show on something, and she'll kind of roll her eyes. And I'm like, well, but there's something to this. And she's, she's more of a... She's probably more feet on the ground with these kind of things than I am. She had another great experience that we've shared on the show that, that we could talk about some other time that happened um, 18, 19 years ago before I ever podcast or anything. But uh, logical people like her mm-hmm. have experienced things like this. That happens all the time. All the time. Absolutely. And if we just, with my personal view is if we just opened up to the possibility of it, we would see it a lot more. Yeah, I agree with that. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That this is going on around us all the time and just um, we not we don't notice it or it's, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the native people down in like Central America when Columbus's ships came in, they were not able to see the ships because that was not even in their realm of existence that they had no frame of reference whatsoever. And so they literally didn't see them until they got to the shore. Well, this, this goes into one of my thoughts about the supernatural and the paranormal, because I think that there's a certain contingent of people who say, Oh, that stuff doesn't exist. You can't measure it on a scale. You can't see it on a microscope. Well, I will use the example of DNA. Now, in 1700, did our scientists and people who studied biology and things, uh, which was very limited at the time, I'm sure, but, but did they know about DNA? No, they didn't know about DNA. But did it exist? Of course it existed. Of course it existed. Now, and now we know a lot about DNA and, uh, my goodness, the medical implications, the law enforcement implications of are just enormous, I think, growing every day with the things that are going to be possible medically. And the thing is, is that just because we can't measure something right now in 2019 doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just doesn't mean we, we don't have tools, we don't have the technique, we don't have the ability to do it at this time. Might it be something that in 500 years people say, oh yeah, that, of course, this is what they were experiencing. And here's how this works. So it might be the 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 science of the 25th century we're just not advanced enough because i think there's a certain when we look at our place in time there's a chauvinism oh we're the smartest we're the best we've got iphones we're geniuses and yeah we've done a lot of great things heck i mean we're doing something now you'll remember 25 years ago ted koppel on nightline needed a satellite to do right and we can do it right now I, i mean that's amazing and it's because of science and God bless science, but science doesn't have all the answers at any given point of time. And I think that, you know, there, there needs to be a little middle ground there where you can, I, I think both of them can kind of coexist very nicely, the spiritual and the science. I don't think they're diametrically opposed. I think we get into our camps 
on both sides, by the way. Oh, absolutely. All scientists, all they're bad, bad. And then we say, all those spiritual people, bad, bad. And it's like, well, can't we find a meeting in the middle? I think there are people like Dr. Julian Osbridge and some really interesting people who are trying to do that these days. Dr. Dean Radin, and I hope they have success because I think that's where um, that's where we should be is, is trying to have a meeting in the minds. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Oh, I think so. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle there. We just, like you said, we just don't have the, the, the equipment to perceive many of these things. But like when we just open ourselves to the experience, then we'll, we'll see a lot more because we're just, we're expecting it in a way. I teach a class called Love Never Dies. It's about how spirit connection and spirit communication actually works. And people who come to that are usually people who've lost someone. And so during that class, they'll say, well, you know, my mom died 25 years ago and I've not heard anything from her, but then I'll list, well, you know, they can show up as a feeling on the skin, as a fragrance. They can show up as, um, with ladybugs, with butterflies, with cardinals, with certain music. And then they'll say, oh, well, yeah, I have that stuff all the time, (laughs) but they're not putting that together. Right. You know, but um, I believe that we're all evolving to the place where we're able to see these things again. Now, I say again because, you know, centuries and centuries ago, I think it was a lot more commonplace. That's where we got the legends of leprechauns to even have that nomenclature, where we got legends of centaurs and minotaurs and mermaids and all of these things. I feel like people were perceiving them many centuries ago and writing myths and legends about them or what we consider myths and legends they may have considered it documentaries and uh but now we're coming back to that place where people are more interested and i believe we're we're being open to see this stuff again even even goblins like um in hellier kentucky but people definitely saw them many many years ago and um, now we're just kind of open up to, to the possibilities again, the way I see it. And, and the symbolism is important in many cases. There's a, stir, a story very early on for Campfire that reminded me of uh, what you were saying there. There was this young lady, she, I'm guessing she was 18, 19 years old, somewhere in there, and her parents owned a car dealership and it, uh, in the morning she worked there during the summer or something and her job was to check the cars make sure that nobody had tampered with them in the night and everything was okay so she was doing that and she found this little tiger butterfly uh, on the ground and it was 
it was dying. It, it had been stepped on or something. And she started profusely crying and she didn't understand why. So she went back to the office. Her mom's trying to console her and she brings in the butterfly and the butterfly's going to die. And she's so upset and, and she can't figure out why because she never had any particular affinity to butterflies. It's just hit her in a very unusual way. So then the phone rings. And it's the hospital, and her grandfather has been rushed to the hospital. Now, her grandfather had been ill, but he would have a lot of these medical episodes. He would go in the hospital. He would bounce back. So they didn't think it was any huge deal. But the mom said, you know, um, I'm going to go now. You can, uh, you know, you can stay here and kind of mind the store. And the mom got there and called her and said, you better get here. So she shut, shut everything, closed everything. And she said she never went so fast, drove so fast in life. She said she, she made every light and got there. And I believe they got there shortly before grandfather passed. So anyway, she was uh, close with her grandfather and she was distraught. So she just, uh, you know, she went back to the house uh, after, you know, a period at the hospital, people, you know, this, the South, I think it was one of the Carolinas. So people were already bringing in food and those kind of things as they do down there. One of the really nice traditions. And um, she said she just couldn't take it. So she got in the car and she drove and she drove and she drove and she drove. And she couldn't, she didn't know where she was at. She was driving through this park and she'd never been there and she didn't know where she was at. And she said, well, I'm going to, she saw a bench by kind of a pond. And she said, well, I'm going to sit down here and kind of get my thoughts together. So she pulls over, sits down on the bench. All of a sudden, a flock of butterflies come to her. And they, I'm getting a chill as I'm speaking about this now. And there, she said, they were in my hair. They were in my face. She never saw anything about a huge cluster. And the butterflies were all over her. And she cried and then she said she felt so, so much better. And she felt that that was her grandfather. Oh, yeah. And that whole story was tied together. And she'll say now that her and her mom, if they're having a bad day or something's going on, even when it's cold, they'll look outside and what will they see? They'll see a little butterfly go by. But we get those kind of stories on the campfire too. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah, in this in this class I'm talking about, you know, our loved ones are out there on the other side, they're pure positive energy, and they can manipulate, push, pull, drag energy around. It's not that the, our loved one is that butterfly or that flock of butterflies. Oh. What a beautiful story. It's not like it's them, but they can kind yes. of move the energy. I'll tell you a story that happened to me that's not quite as sweet, but it it, it, it is in another way. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I had an opportunity to go on what was billed as a like a paranormal cruise with different uh, experts on different areas of the paranormal. It was me, uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who was tremendous, Micah Hayes. And uh, this particular day, uh, we had a day at sea. So that day, we were going to spend several hours in a conference room and talk about different paranormal topics and present on them and, and so forth with attendees. So um, I'd been in the session and I can't remember if I was going to speak or I had, but my throat was bothering because I, I was fighting a little bit of a cold, which is no fun on a cruise, by the way. No. <laughs> but anyway, 
Um, so I said, well, I'm going to go get some coffee. You know, you get something warm maybe to kind of get you through. And the conference room, if you've ever been on a, on a, a ship like this, they pretty much all have casinos. So the conference room was right by the casino. So you had to travel through the casino, which I'm sure was intentional, to get to the cafe where they had coffee. So uh, I said, I'm going to go get some coffee. So I step out and I see one of the attendees, one of the people that paid to attend the cruise, they're playing in the casino, one of these claw games that has money in it. And uh, the thing that the claw game has a special significance to me uh, when you see them outside of stores and stuff, because my uncle, who was like a second dad to me, who passed in 2013, he loved those games. He loved them. He would spend $10 to get a little 99 cent toy. It was just for the sport of it. I don't know, but he, he loved it. So, in fact, I think that that, that one doll on top of the radio there, I think that's where he, he got, got that special significance for me. But anyway, so what happened was, is that um, I saw this guy and I had a very clear thought of my uncle. And this woman comes up next to this guy while he's playing this claw machine for money. And I, and I was thinking, man, my uncle would have loved this. He would have really, you know, he would have really gotten into this, you know, you're going to lose, but he would love the sport of it. So anyway, this woman comes up next to this guy playing his claw machine and goes, John, John, guess what my uncle's name was? Coincidence? I think, I think not. not. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Exactly what I was going to say. Oh, I love those stories. Man, they they show up all the time, you know? Um, and it seems like everybody's got a story like that. It's it's so fun. And we think, you know, we think we're alone. We think our, our loved one's gone. They're passed on. We're never going to see them again. They're with us. They're with us yes. all the time. They're waiting yeah. for us to think of them. Yeah. They're waiting for us to bring up their memory, to think of them, and then they come whoosh, swooping in. So it's so funny, Jim, because people ask me all the time. They say, well, you're telling me my mom's with me. She's always with me. She never leaves me. That's absolutely right. Well, how about when I'm in, in the bathroom <laughs> or I'm in the bedroom with my husband? And I say, well, are you thinking of your mom then? Probably not. <laughs> so you're yeah. probably not going to be swooping in then. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> True, they're with us, but they're only a thought away, right? Yeah, uh, yeah we can do things like uh, reminisce about them and bring out pictures and talk about them, play their favorite music and stuff like that. They can't resist a party and they can't resist you thinking of them. Yeah, so that's that's awfully fun. And so it's, it sounds like you kind of have a similar background. I was the kid who was always into the woo-woo stuff and People thought I was crazy. The other kids thought I was nuts, but it was just always there. And I, I remember on the paranormal podcast, well, and on the campfire too, you're saying all the time, oh yeah, well, I've never had any experiences. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, like true. that's true. <laughs> well, that's the thing is I don't see them because I think of people, you know, they, they talk, you know, they have uh, full body apparitions and things, but uh, I, and I think I do the same thing that most people do. They discount, you know, they think oh, it's just 
just a coincidence. And, and the funny thing is I do this for a living and I talk to people all the time and I respect and I, I value their stories. And then sometimes my own, I kind of like, oh, well, maybe it was a coincidence. Yeah, or it was a fluke or I just imagined it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see that. No, you know, being a spiritual medium, I'm every place I go, every place is just like lousy with spirits. I mean, they're just, they're everywhere. Angels, spirits, ETs, all of that. Everywhere I go, there's at least a few that want me to see them. And so, um, you know, and everybody says, well, I would love to see things like you do. And I just, I just want to say that it's not necessarily all clairvoyance just because, and it's, and it's weird to describe, but seeing is not really seeing, you know, like we would see with our eyes. It's a strange sensation. You kind of see it a picture in your head, you know, like if you park your car and I was going to say the chief slot, but you don't, you don't follow the chiefs, but you know, you go to a football, <laughs> go to a football game or a big the Browns. I think we're going to now finally, I think we're going to, we're going to end up uh, in the play. Really? Nice. Yeah. Go on. Brings the city together. Right. So, yes. but you go park your car in this big parking lot and you, you're trying to remember, Oh gosh, I got to remember where I parked. And so you take this mental picture of like the signs or the things that are around it. And so that's really how people like me usually see things. It's like you see it in your mind, like that big 4C sign. It's like you're, it's like, it's like all inside. Or um, there's also hearing, you know, clear audience, there's clear sentience where it's pretty much everything else, like feeling, sensing, you got a gut feeling, all of this, and, and clear cognizance where you have the idea pop in your head, but you know, we all have these things. We all have one of those gifts in some degree. Now, whether we develop it or not, that's, you know, we can choose and we can choose to turn them off as well, but we all have the ability to see, perceive, hear all of the things and we might not realize we're doing it. Yeah. You know? It's, um, you know, I think it's one of those things uh, because people say I've done over 2000 episodes mm-hmm. of podcasts. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years and people say, do you get tired of it? And it's like, and, and like any, any work that you do some days you're tired or whatever, but I'm still fascinated. I'm still fascinated by this stuff. Uh, we just had a guy on the paranormal podcast and it's a wild theory but he, um, the guy graduated with a PhD in anthropology from Ohio State. So not, not a dummy, okay? <laughs> His theory, and it is out there, granted, as uh, that aliens or ET that we see are, are humans time traveling back to investigate us. Right. Now, again, that sounds absolutely wild and out there and but then you think about it and it's like well that, that actually that, that could be an explanation and that's what i love about my shows is that i don't really and that used to frustrate me when i was a kid when watching search of and i said well you know but we may never know and it's the truth we may never know but boy is it fun asking the questions oh, and, and, fun. And, and kind of expanding our horizons in terms of of saying, yeah, this could be one possible explanation. So I just hope to make people think. That's kind of the goal. Right. And they do. I mean, your your shows are very different from each other. It's like you have no two themes on, you know, in two given weeks. And it's all kinds of different stuff. I remember the Soul Dog 
episode. I love that because I do work with animals as well. Totally have souls. And the the time traveling aliens, oh my gosh, that was so fascinating. But you know, there's room for Mothman and other cryptids, just general high strangeness that you can't really explain. And then the what you love to call the head scratchers. Yep. Stuff that makes you go, huh. Yeah, and don't the, then a lot of those don't necessarily fit into a category. It's just kind of like well, that was weird. What was that? <laughs> what was that? And we may never know. And that gets a little, some people just, that drives them crazy. You know, people who just have to think logically and it's either this or it's that it's black and white. And that doesn't fit into my category. So I, I don't perceive it, you know, but it's going on all the time. If it we is. It. It, is. it certainly is. I, I mean, there's something to this. I don't think it's, there's a lot of smart people. Uh, I think who agree with me, there's something going on. What it is, maybe we will never know, but um, it, it certainly gives you plenty of, plenty of show prep and show material. <laughs> You'll never run out of material. No. And there's a lot of shows out there. I heard about the Box of Oddities from you, and so mm-hmm. I subscribed to that. Um, and Mysterious Universe is another one of my favorites. There's tons of these paranormal type of podcasts. I've listened to one or two off episodes of different shows but you know there are some that really stick out and yours is definitely right up there at the top with the campfire you know if somebody wants to learn about the paranormal i think um you know yours is a very deep dive into it you get great yeah paranormal is so fascinating and maybe just because it's something that we'll never know maybe maybe that's why it's so fast so why do you think the paranormal is so fascinating well, I think one of the things is that I think most of us sense that there's more than just this coaster, you know, more than just this calculator. Um, that there's, I think something we're innately born with kind of lends us that way. And as you said, some people shut that off and say, ah. But I think most of us down deep know or believe that there's more, something more. And I think it's like, you know, the basic human need almost it, it, it's like the, the need to breathe or to eat or what, uh, reproduce or whatever, whatever it is mm-hmm. that that need is innate with us and it ties in and then people you know some of the stuff that there's the entertainment factor there's a certain amount of entertainment to it it's kind of like why people ride, ride roller coasters why do people go to horror movies some people are like you know i've had people who say ah oh, well the campfire it's not scary enough and it's like I'm just bringing you what people bring me. There are some terrifying campfire stories that, yes. that are quite frightening. Um, and then there's some that are quite sweet. We don't, we don't like gin it up. We don't like, you know, there's not a producer saying, well, can you make this a little bit scarier? It's like, no, it is what it is. And that's what I love about that show. It's, I mean, excuse the phrase, it's no BS, you know, <laughs> it's their experiences. So I, I think just that innate, born in need, that there's something else. in. for example, the afterlife. I often say, and you've probably heard me say this, we're not all going to see a UFO. We're not all going to see a Bigfoot. Uh, we may not all see a ghost, but I hate to tell everybody, everybody listening to this show is going to die eventually. Hopefully many, many years down the road. And we all want to know what happens afterwards, whether for ourselves or for our loved ones. So I think that's another, another factor that comes into play. Oh, I think so too. And have you ever had anyone on who's had a near-death experience? 
Oh, yes. Yes, yes. One of the most striking, and this was several years ago, was Howard Storm. Um, and he, the picture he painted of his life is he was kind of a bon vivant, kind of a um, raconteur, kind of a, uh, maybe, a, I, I'm not getting the word right. He was a bit of a scamp. And he kind of lived a life of debauchery to hear him tell it. And he had been a professor, an art professor. And I think he was in France or somewhere in Europe, and he almost died of, I believe, a heart attack. And he had a very, um, for him, a very religious experience when he had his near-death experience. And this guy, and you can find videos on YouTube and things of him, he totally changed his life. He became very religious. Uh, he became minister. Actually, his lifestyle and his philosophies changed so much, he ended up getting divorced. And he totally changed his ways of living. Now, I'm not saying if that's wrong or right what he chose to do. I'm just saying that these are very, very striking examples. And uh, one story we had in the campfire that was really interesting was actually from someone who I believe was a paramedic. And she remembered that. Um, she life flighted somebody to a hospital. This was in Kentucky. And uh, she didn't think the guy was going to make it. And she remembered this for some reason. And then a few years later, or a few months, a few years later, I'm not sure which, she went back to the, that hospital. And the guy that she was reviving, who was passed out the whole time, he was unconscious. Yeah. He said, I remember you. And she remembered him. She's like, well, she, he said, yeah, you were there when they rushed me to the hospital and life lighted me and you were wearing a gold and yellow jacket or a brown and yellow jacket or whatever. Described. She said, I remember him. I thought he was going to die, but he couldn't remember me. He couldn't possibly see me. He was unconscious. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think do that and you hear so many of those cases where somebody will you know they'll, they'll die temporarily uh and and they'll report medical personnel doing things that they couldn't possibly know about where everybody was standing and the things they were saying exactly, exactly. right, right yeah. because the body's starting to come out of people say well the skeptics say well that was a hallucination well i could see part of that being but when they can report back what the people said how do you explain that? And they just kind of detail kind of get silence. Oh, that's interesting. Like Dr. Eben Alexander, he was, have you heard his story proof of heaven? Uh, no, I heard him. He's been a guest twice on our show. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I'll go look up those episodes. Um, I'm new to, I'm new to your show like the past year. So I got to go back to old episodes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And his story of the near death and coming back and reporting on heaven. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, we hear stories of that all the time too. Yeah, I, and um, I believe it's real. I mean, I think that we definitely, uh, when we pass, something happens. I don't think this is it. I mean, it would be, to me, kind of depressing if this is it. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, I've always kind of, I came from kind of a, a Christianity background, and I haven't gotten rid of that or anything, but I haven't opened my mind to other other thought process. The idea of reincarnation I find fascinating. Uh, 
I, I just do think there's something beyond. I really, really do. I think that this is not the, 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 the end at all. It might be the beginning. Now, something you said there, you had a Christian background. So, um, and that doesn't mean that it precludes anybody from anything, right? But sometimes we have the idea that, um, you know, these very Christian, very religious people don't believe in ghosts. And certainly uh, parts of my family, oh boy, I've got a story about that, but that's for another time. But uh, the parts of my family who are very uh, strictly religious, they don't believe in any of this stuff. So does your family approve of what you do? Do they, are they on board? Well, the funny thing is, is that um, my family never gave me any grief over it because I think that they kind of believed both things at the same time. And that's kind of like, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I, um, uh, I, no, not really, not really. Now my, my parents weren't like, super fundamentalist or anything, even though in high school, I did go to a school that kind of espoused that and went to a church that espoused that. And I'm sure that they would, (laughs) they would not be real fond of some of the things that I cover, but uh, no, no, it's not been the case. And and the, the funny thing is, is that I find that some very religious people have a great interest in all this because they have opened their minds to the spiritual, maybe in a different direction, but they've opened their minds to it. So they might be more open to it than if let's say that I were raised by atheists. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's interesting because uh, I remember growing up uh, in hushed tones that church people would talk about these kind of things, you know, Yeah, like you're haunted, right? Exactly. Yeah, I know that it can be cha- it can be challenging, and so you know when I'm doing classes or whatever, I start into a topic, and then I I have to catch myself and ask, wait, if I mention reincarnation, are we cool with that? Are we okay? <laughs> and most of the time, I'm not mistaken. That was part of the the Christian religion at one point, and oh, it was really? written out, I believe. Now. If I'm wrong, correct me, but it was written out at the Council of Nicaea. Uh, So some people have said that that was part of the Christian religion. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't think anybody knows 100% of the truth. Um, But but I guess what I'm saying is uh, I don't necessarily think they're necessarily mutually exclusive. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, the Christian church is full of miracles. And what is all this? But miracles, right? Exactly. The Catholic faith um, has archangels and has many angels. And so why aren't they real? Why is it just for church? Why isn't it for our daily life? Right. Right. I agree. agree. Um, It's very reassuring. I mean, people say, are you freaked out about this? And I'm like, I think that the supernatural and the paranormal is kind of like everyday life there's really good stuff there's really not so good stuff because i do believe there's some darker energies and spirits i think i personally think evil is real now some people disagree with me but that's okay but i think evil is real but i think it's a continuum just like everyday life and and just because it's supernatural doesn't mean that it's always scary and it's not always sweetness and light yeah absolutely um i do believe scary is in the eye of the beholder you know, one one person thinks is scary might not be for another. And yeah, and I used to um, buy into the notion that there was really no evil, just positive and negative. I'm starting to see things a little bit differently through the hypnosis work that I do, because sometimes we do 
get these negative entities and entity energies trapped within the body that mm-hmm. I talk to during hypnosis and they're not very nice sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and they cause a lot of problems for people. And uh, that seems to be kind of evil. So um, my, my views on that are, are evolving, let's say. Good. You have to in this, in this field, I think you have to have an open mind and, and not be set in stone. You've got to be able to take in new information, process it, and evolve in, in your thinking. Oh, no, you have to. You have to keep, it's like a shark. It has to keep swimming or it's going to die. You know, we have to keep growing. Um, so before we sign off, Jim, is there anything we haven't mentioned or anything that you'd like to give a particular shout out to or any parting thought you'd like us to have? Well, uh, I would love it if everybody could go to jimherald.com. That's kind of the hub of right. everything you do. I have a free email newsletter. People can sign up and never spam you or sell your info, but that way you could get weekly updates on all the shows. Um, a couple of things we did not mention. Now, first of all, the free podcasts are available on all the major apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, all of those. So please check those out wherever you listen to your audio. I also have a free app called Jim Harold Spooky Studio. It's on iOS and Android. And you can get all my shows there. And then the other thing we didn't mention, we have a series of five campfire books. Yes, the sellers. Yeah, that uh, are available on Kindle and uh, in paperback. And you can find those at Amazon or you can go just to jimheraldbooks.com and all the links are there. But uh, Christy, I have enjoyed this. It's been uh, very intellectually stimulating. Uh, I like the way you approach all of this and really Thank you for time to, to, to speak with you, your viewers, and your listeners today. Oh, thank you, Jim. I'm just so honored you could find some time to talk to me today. You are a very busy man. I, What's going on? Thanks again. <laughs> thanks again. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.